Hello, I'm Curtis Bowers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. I hope you've had a good week. Those of you that are fasting on Fridays, keep it up because I think you'll see so many benefits in your own personal life and in your walk with the Lord from doing that. But thank you so much for doing that. And this week, we're going to answer your questions. I've got a wide variety of questions on almost every topic you can think of, and they might be your questions or ones you've thought of before. So I think you'll really enjoy this as we dig into a, just a variety of topics that you're concerned about and you wanted to have addressed on Agenda Weekly. So thank you so much. Those watching on all the different platforms, thank you for doing that, liking, sharing, commenting. We'd also appreciate if you go to agendaweekly.com to become a subscriber, where you'll get all the rest of the materials we provide each week. It's only $5 a month, and we give you a news brief, prayer and action items, videos and articles that are educational that we've sifted through during the week that, that are well worth your time to take a look at. But once you watch or read, then we're expecting you to share with others. That's what this is about. It's not just about becoming knowledgeable for the sake of that. It's becoming knowledgeable so we know how to act and we know how to inform others so we can swell our ranks of those that are standing for the truth. But thank you for joining me again this week. A few news stories before we get into your questions. The American Sovereignty Restoration Act, which would fully withdraw the U.S from the United Nations and all their little sister groups. Um, it's before Congress now, and it's such an important piece of legislation. I don't know if it'll pass or not, but it's good to build awareness of what the UN is really all about. It's not what they claim, <laughs> but Congressman Ma Thomas Massey from Kentucky said this, first of all, I don't think we should be in the United Nations. It's a collection of dictators and you give them all a vote in the organization. It's really crazy. Every nation gets an equal vote to the United States of America. Every two-bit Marxist dictator, every thug, it, it's, it, it is incredible. Here's a lot of things about the United Nations you might not know as they're trying to acquire the power to become the global authority that's above any government. The UN grants rights to different nations, but it also says we can take those back at any time. So they do not believe in God-given rights. The UN seeks openly to disarm the American citizens. They are trying to disarm every country of the world with the primary focus being America. Each of the 10 men who have served as the UN Secretary General has been a communist or a socialist openly. Every single leader since it started back in the 40s has been an open communist or socialist. Real good organization. Portions of the UN Charter override the US Constitution. When they get member nations to sign up like we have done, there are stipulations that their laws in certain areas are over even the constitutions of individual nations. It's crazy. Another interesting fact is in so many of the regional alliances like NATO and, and, and different things, the UN, when, when those things are acting militarily, the UN is over the military forces there, even if they're American, which is crazy. UN leaders openly oppose national sovereignty 
of any nation. They go, no, the UN should lead a world government. And they're open about that. And yet we're still part of them. And we're the main funders of their entire operations. It goes on and on. But that's something that you can contact your representatives about. And we'll have the link below how to do that. But I was encouraged to see someone standing up at least to identify an enemy that's within and that people need to be educated about. Here's a story that I just, it made me so happy because it's so sweet and kind. Cancer-stricken pregnant mom opts to have her leg amputated to save unborn baby. The mom said, I'm not going through chemotherapy. It'll kill my baby. Kathleen Osborne, who is from England, had no idea she was pregnant when she went for an MRI scan diagnosing cancer for the third time. She couldn't believe it when the doctors found that she was also pregnant. Doctors gave Kathleen two options, a border baby so she could start chemotherapy or have her leg amputated. Incredibly, it only took one night for Kathleen to make her life-changing decision, and she had her entire leg amputated at four months pregnant. Kathleen's baby daughter, Ada May, was born healthy and happy. I just love that, that love that God has given a mother for her own children. And, and it's just that sacrificial love that's such a good role model to all of us. The Bible says, Greater love hath no man than this, that he lays down his life for his friends. Well, um, it's not just laying down your life where you literally die. It's giving your life to serve others, giving your life and the energies of your life to, to raise children. Every mother and father is doing this if they're doing a good job raising their families. They're laying down their life for the next generation, investing their time and their money and their energies into that. But I just, I thought that was such a sweet story. It's so unnatural what's happening where the establishment is turning the mother's affections against their own children through abortion and things like that. And the Bible says that will happen in the end times. The natural affections won't be there anymore. And that's where we are. One last story that I think we talked about before, but it's important to realize. The operator of one of the busiest ports in the world suggests that global supply chain bottlenecks will last for around two years. Even now, every time that we see an incident of COVID in China, they shut down a port. Many manufacturers around the world are delayed by as much as three years because they can't get components from China. I mean, the whole system is bottlenecking back where there's going to be shortages of many things. And because we've come, become so dependent on China, which is horrible, but then it goes on. There is huge potential in India and in Africa and Southeast Asia, mainly Indonesia. And I agree with that. Move our manufacturing out of China. Why keep rewarding a country that is dead set on taking over the world, that is dead set on having totalitarian control over its citizens and abusing anyone who disagrees with it? Why would you prop that kind of dictatorship up? We shouldn't be. But I read that article just to remind you, I would be preparing for uncertain times because we know they are coming. You know, the food prep, the medicines, the things you use in, in normal life. I'd be getting some of those things now stocked up because it looks like it's going to continue uh, down this road.
So now on to your letters. This first one's from Deborah, and she says, I just want to thank you for having this platform to inform us about what's going on. I'm so scared because I have no family and, and know all these things are happening. Um, and so she's concerned about that, and I just want to give her advice and you advice. We need to be seeking out like-minded people in our communities, so we're not just totally alone. You can do that through the local church. And if the church you're going to, no one's interested in what's going on. The pastor's not interested in what's going on. You need to find a new church where people are engaged in being the salt and the light like they're supposed to be. You could go to, you know, tea party groups and different conservative groups that maybe meet in your county and get to know people and see if you can find like-minded people there. But it is important. And I understand that feeling of if you're all alone having to go through this, and that's what they want to make all of us feel like we're alone what you believe no one else believes, and you're the only outcast, and you're the only one not getting the vaccine, and you're the only one this, that. They want you to feel like that because that isolation makes you submit because it brings so much fear. Don't be fearful. Find like-minded people, they are there, and then slowly start building groups together of those type of people where you can encourage and support each other. Then Ron, wrote one saying this, and this is pretty interesting, and this is going to be happening more and more all over the country. I've had the same auto insurance policy in Washington State for over 21 years. I recently reviewed my policy and my monthly premium went up 50%. I phoned my agent and was told that a law had been passed mandating anyone who had good credit must pay more to even the field for those who had poor credit. Could this be the redistribution of wealth that Democrats are touting? Yes, it's exactly what it is. They're going to start reformulating everything like that to build equity and equality. It's a lie. It's stealing from one group of people to give it to another group, which is theft. And it is always wrong, no matter if it's well-intentioned or not. And this, of course, is not well-intentioned. It's to keep just sucking the wealth from those that have a job, those that have anything. Ron went on to say, I don't even make very much, but they're, they're doing this. But that's, that's their plan for everything. This one's from Johnny, and it says, I love your program. It's been a blessing to me and my family. I was wondering if you could comment on the devolution ideas. What that is, if you haven't heard of it, there's still a lot of people think that Trump is really in control behind the scenes, and the military at some point is going to rise up and take things back over. They do have some things that would appear to be that way. It's not just totally out of nothing, but I, I do not believe that is true. And if I'm wrong, I would be the first to admit if, if something does happen in the future, I'll say I was wrong. Um, but I just don't think so for, for many, many reasons I can't get into. But I do not believe that's the case. Um, I believe we need to keep fighting the battles we're fighting for election audits and, and trying to expose things there, for standing up for truth in our own communities, for influencing our children and grandchildren, for, for really pressuring our representatives at the state and federal level to do what is right and things like that. Um, but so I, I, I don't put a lot of weight on those ideas that that's going to happen. Here's one that's going to be very controversial. So before I even start, you have to to agree that you'll still be my friend if my opinion on this is different than yours. There is really good people on both sides of this issue, really good people. 
and it can be very divisive, but I don't think we should break relations on our side over this, but we should keep debating and talking about it to see what is best. But here's what it is. Emily says, we've been organizing an educational event in our little town concerning a controversial movement using Article 5 to call a constitutional convention to amend the Constitution. We are concerned that will open a can of worms that will inadvertently create numerous new problems while trying to solve one and release a host of often irrevocable complications. What do you think? I think our main problem is that our representatives, most all of them, 95 plus percent of them, are breaking their oaths of office right now, and we do not hold them to account. We keep voting the same people back in there. We, we keep allowing them to do this. And so that's the problem. I am not for the Article 5 convention. I think when you start pushing around the idea that it's okay to change the Constitution, and I know they can put parameters on it and all that. One, I don't think we have enough people to be able to do that. We can't even get a good congressman elected um, in most states. So I don't think we have the, the super majority that you need. But once that idea is out there, they in a few years are going to have that supermajority and they will go in there and dissect the Constitution where there's nothing left of what our founders' intentions were. And that's what really concerns me. And the, people say, we want to put a balanced budget amendment in there. If they don't care about the Constitution now, they're not going to care about your changes to it. You have to know that. Um, in Idaho, we had a balanced budget amendment in our Constitution. So did we ever go in debt? Yes, we did, but we called it bonding. <laughs> so they went billions of dollars in debt, but oh, this isn't debt, uh, it's bonding. They just redefine the terms, they change the way they did things. That's what they will do. They'll still bury us trillions of dollars in debt, even if they have a balanced budget amendment every single year. Why? Because that's their goal is to do that. That's the plan, bankrupt the United States of America so we can have more power to ourselves because everyone will need help and we can get the world government we've always wanted. So that's why I, I am just, I'm not for it. I think it's bad news. The problem is not the Constitution. It's the people we've elected. It's Washington, D.C. It's the deep state. It's the State Department. It's the Biden administration. It's the Obama administration. It's every administration. So again, that's my opinion. Those of you that think, no, it's a great thing and we can do good things with it. I, I understand you being excited about being able to do something. I'm just under the opinion from everything I've read and studied about it. It's, it could be deadly. And so anyway, I hope we can still be friends. Another question from Glenn. He says, the Bible is used for good and evil. The truth will set you free, but the truth is automatically rejected because of the major sin of pride. Pride is powerful in Christian leadership today, and that's why the church is closed. I agree. Pride is so deadly. The Bible tells us pride goeth before destruction. Be careful not to be proud in any area of your life, and you will see people that are proud and are prideful. They will at some point fall because that's the way God has set the universe up. But again, I, the blessing of 2020 was we got to see, again, who the sheep and who the shepherds were. 
If your church was closed the entire year, you're being led by a sheep, period. God says, do not forsake the gathering of yourselves together. And when the state says you can't meet, a lot of churches in California have still not opened a year and a half later. Well, those are no good churches, period. They might be nice people, but they're no good. Diana's question was this, what is the truth about the rich paying their fair share of taxes? I asked this because I was confronted at work yesterday by a man who believes the rich don't pay taxes. They get their accountants to help them avoid paying taxes versus regular Americans who are burdened by picking up the rest of the tax burden. Here's the facts. The top 1% of Americans, the top 1% highest, pay 40% of all taxes. If you add in the next 9%, so then you're at 10%, it's 70% of all taxes. So the top 10% pay 70% of all taxes, income taxes in America. Then if you add in the next 29% to get to where you have 39% of the population, they pay 100% of the taxes. The bottom 61% pays no federal income taxes at all the bottom 61%, it blew past 50% a couple years ago. So that's the facts. Now, to his point where they're right a little bit is the super rich, the billionaires, which there's only 2,000 of them in the world, they don't pay hardly any taxes. The Rockefellers back 100 years ago had Congress set up the idea of foundations, nonprofits and things, so they could hide all their money inside those. And those, of course, don't have to pay taxes. So the Rockefeller family, as they were audited many times over the years and making hundreds of millions of dollars, pay hardly any taxes at all. The Bill Gates, the George Soros's, and all those other ones, no, they don't pay much at all because they hide their money in foundations and nonprofits so that they uh, don't have to. We should abolish all of those things. But that's what happens. But the bottom line is the average working guy in the top 1% I thought was interesting is those that make $540,000 a year or more are the top 1% and they pay 40% of all the taxes. So they are paying their fair share. It's a total lie. Um, there's a few corrupt rich that have abused the system, the super wealthy, but the average hardworking guy and family that's making $100,000 or more a year, they're paying 100% of the taxes. And so that's where it stands. The next question is from Albert, and he says, thank you, Curtis, for your terrific work. For your current message, you must first get the jab. I only wish you felt freer to name some of the persons behind so many of the treasonous decisions now driving our country into collapse. You refer to them and they. I would like to know who are these individuals or groups are. Well, I totally understand that, Albert. I don't know if you've seen my movies, Agenda Grinding America Down and Agenda 2, Masters of Deceit. I get more into the, the names, the groups, the, the individual people. When I'm saying they and them, I'm talking about the Marxist left. I don't know if you watched the episode, if you haven't, any of you. A few weeks ago, we had one on monopolies, where it showed that BlackRock and Vanguard own almost all the major companies of the entire world.
and we don't know who owns them. Their, their stock is private. So, but it's the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, a lot of these big, super rich globalist families that have tremendous influence on every government in the world, every global organization in the world. And they want a Marxist future. They want a communistic future for the world because they want to be sitting at the top of that. So um, Red China, isn't that when I'm saying they and them, they're part of this too. I believe Red China has more influence on America for evil than anyone, even than a George Soros or any. They have penetrated every institution. They're spending billions each year to buy off our politicians, to buy off our universities, to buy off the media and our companies, and to bribe them to coming to do their business in China so all the jobs are there and nowhere else. So they're a part of it. But the Biden administration, the United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the elites, and of course the Bill Gates and all those people too, they're all part of they and them. And it's just hard every time to go through the list of people involved. But that's who I'm talking about when I say that. But watch that Monopoly episode. You'll see how so few have gained control of almost everything. And it's just the, the ultra elite, super wealthy, the trillionaires um, that uh, hide their wealth. That's why they're not on the list as trillionaires, but they are trillionaires because they're able to hide and cover what they do. But that's a very good question. This one's from Frank. He says, I believe you made a solid point about the right to keep peacemakers. Samuel Colt is the one that kind of came up with the peacemakers, if you know what I mean. And I believe as someone who has deep knowledge of the existence of real evil on earth, that this very right is the last resort, desperate measure against tyranny. The Bible says there is no true authority but that of God. No human should deprive other another human's inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, for they are from God, just as Jefferson stated. Those who mock them or even plot to take them away work for the evil one. Yes, Frank, you're right. In the Garden of Eden, Eve was told the lie. Satan said, if you obey me and break God's law by eating of the fruit, ye shall be as God. Okay. And so Satan's goal and his followers ever since is to be standing in the place of God. Karl Marx talked about it openly. He said, my ambition in life is to dethrone God. And I'm rebelling against the one who rules above. Those are things Karl Marx said and all of his followers. Um, the Democratic Party, that is their ambition to dethrone God and to sit in his place. That's why they're in such rebellion against all of his statutes, all of his commandments, all of his principles. And so, um, but yes, Frank, that, that's it's an age old problem. Man, when he's tempted with the idea ye shall be as God is very tempted by that. Our flesh goes, I like that idea. I don't want there to be a God that I have to give an account to. I have to obey his rules. I want to be God. I want to be the one who's in charge. It's like a two year old, but that's where we are. Connie says, pray for my husband and I to live where we should be. Grown kids in Canada and here in US, we need to know what God wants us to do and where we should live to be in his perfect will. And that's important. I bring that one up because it's important for all of you. 
be praying about that. God, are we living right where you want us to be? And if you are and you're confident in that, then get that group together, get the like-minded people together, get a good church, be a part of a church that you are able to strengthen and influence and educate and pray about that. But the, the Proverbs tells us, a prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself. So when you see evil's coming, it's wise to go, I think we might need to relocate or move or, or do something different. And then some of you might be called, nope, I, we really feel God wants us right here in the middle of this cesspool. And if he does, then stay there, but be a light like you're supposed to be. Peggy said, I listened to all your Agenda Weekly messages. We know what this pandemic is all about. The question is, what do we do about it? God is in control. Do we just wait until he draws us out of here or do something to take a stand? Well, Peggy, I don't know if you're new to Agenda Weekly or not, but everyone listening, the whole point of Agenda Weekly is to get you to take a stand with the truth so you understand what's going on and to be prayerful, to act, to educate, to influence one person at a time, never feeling like, well, it's not a big deal. It's always a big deal. If you help one person see the light, that's a huge deal. And so, yes, it, it might be things you feel are, well, it's not that big a deal. It's always a big deal when you're standing for the truth. It's always a big deal when one person has been set free from believing the lies that have enslaved them in fear. We need to love our neighbor and try to set them free from that. And if you've done that, maybe one person a year you influence. That's a very successful venture you're taking. You're, you're doubling your influence every year if you just influence one person a year. So don't ever be disillusioned or discouraged like Satan wants you to be, to think your efforts, they don't mean much. They mean a lot and God is watching and God sees when we are truly trying to stand for the truth because it's the right thing to do. Here's an interesting one or kind of a comment from Larry. I joined U.S. Freedom Flyers on behalf of my son, Michael, who is a United Airlines pilot, and his girlfriend, Katie, who is an American Airlines pilot. And we'll have the link below, but it's usfreedomflyers.org. It's a way you can go if you'd like and become a member and support all of these pilots and people that, that in the airline industry are standing up and saying, we're not taking the vaccine. And so a lot of them are losing their jobs, but it's like allowing them to have the money for lawyers to sue and to try to have justice brought about. So anyway, that's um, uh, an interesting thing. Thank you for sharing that, Larry. We need to be looking for ways to help and love our neighbors. Maybe you didn't lose your job, but if your neighbor did, is there a way you can help support them while they're looking for a new job and encourage them and your church maybe to realize these three families, they had to pay a price for not being forced into doing something they didn't think is right. Let's help them. Let's, let's be sacrificial. Let's give up some of our luxuries, sell some things and help fund our neighbor. And the joy, like the Bible tells us, it is more blessed to give than to receive. If you don't believe that is true, it's because you've never done it. Give sacrificially to someone, you will see the joy of really being a blessing to someone. Give them one of your cars or something when they need it, they're in desperate need, um, if you can afford to do that. But you'll just see God is right when he said that. It is so blessed to give sacrificially. Where it costs you something, 
but you see the blessing of the hope and the encouragement it gives someone else. Okay, this is an interesting one that probably affects most of you as well. It's from Lisa. Any thoughts on where is a safe place to set aside anything for the future? And not only safe, but not funding the wrong side. That's a good question. My opinion is, and many experts, and I'm not a financial advisor, but is the stock market is, is due for a major correction at some point here. So I would study that yourself and see if it makes sense to get out of that at this point have your funds available. I think if the stock market takes a huge step down in the near future, a lot of times right when that first happens, gold and silver also take a huge step down, but then they start coming back as people realize we need a place to put our money that's safe and that has some real value. Because if a company goes out of business, what happens to your stock? It's worth zero. It's just a piece of paper. It doesn't mean anything. So that's something that I think is important as well is to consider that when things get really rough, if gold were to drop down around 1500 or, or silver below 20, which could happen, it might be a decent time to do that. But talk to financial advisors about that. She then went on, she's concerned. What if they turn off our retirement accounts or they disappear again? I think if you're younger, that's a very real possibility. They're already talking about it in Europe, but where, hey, government needs more money. We're going to give all of you a universal basic income so you have something to live on. But we can't have people hoarding wealth to themselves. That idea is gaining traction with the majority of people. So for them to take that step at some point will not be a crazy thing to do. You need to be really careful what you're doing with that. But they're the mindset of Americans is changing. If you're older, 70, 75 and older, you're probably okay. But I, if you're, you know, 50s and younger, I don't know if that stuff's going to be there when you retire. I've never done the retirement accounts because I just, I was too close to all this study and realized I can see where this is heading. I don't know when that will happen. I don't have a crystal ball, but it's the direction we're heading. And um, Biden's new policy he's working toward 30% by 2030. I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but where the federal government takes 30% of all the land in America by 2030. Okay. Well, when you look at that and you look at states that have a lot of private property, you realize they're going to have to take some private property to accomplish that goal. And they're making it seem like that goal is necessary or we're all going to die. We need that conservation areas of at least 30% of America to make this happen. And that sounds crazy to me, probably like it sounds to you. But in New Mexico, the governor just agreed to do that. But he's going to go beyond that. He said, we're going to set off an extra 20% just for conservation. So we're going to take 50% of the land in New Mexico and preserve it from human destruction forever where it cannot be used for anything. And they just take it and then they don't allow you to use the resources off of it. So it starts to destroy itself. The forests are dying and then the, the fires come through because there's so much fuel on the ground and it destroys everything. But that's part of a plan. That's what the environmental movement is all about. Locking up land. Why? All wealth comes out of the ground. All wealth. 
you can have a great idea, but if you, you can't implement it or build it or make it without taking things out of the earth, and that's why they want to lock it up for themselves. Carol says, I've heard Curtis mention Proton email in one of his programs. Is that a good email and does it work with all email programs? Yes, it does. ProtonMail.com. Go there and check it out. You can get a free email address, but it's encrypted email so that it's it's just more private in everything that you do. But I recommend that I've found that to be a great resource and it's free to use. But don't use Gmail and all the things that that give more power to Google and all these things like that. Get into a private, independent company like ProtonMail. It's out of Switzerland and, and be more private in what you do. Susie had a question about this. I'm part of a local group that is working on mobilizing churches to stand up against tyranny and government overreach. And that is great. Uh, that is so encouraging. I know some people in other states that are doing the same thing. Her concern was a lot of the churches getting involved or more of a charismatic mindset, which she's not used to. And she wants to make sure things like the prosperity gospel aren't being encouraged things that, you know, I don't want to be part of promoting or encouraging anyone to attend a church that is teaching false doctrine. Well, that's wise too. But I think encouraging pastors to lead their churches to stand against evil is a great thing. And by you doing that, you're not encouraging people to join every church that might be involved. But I'll tell you this, a lot of times the charismatic churches are more active in things. I'm not sure why, but I'm so thankful for that. But as they get involved in fighting the evil more, if they happen to believe the lie of prosperity gospel or something, it will be dispelled in that process. Because as you stand for evil, you have opposition, you have persecution, and you start to realize God didn't put us here on this earth for the easy life. He put us here. He promised us you will be persecuted if you're standing up for me. He promised us that because that's his currency is suffering. God has never grown anyone one inch through blessing, <laughs> through abundance. It's always through suffering. That's why he allows it to come into our lives because he loves us. And he knows we need to be broken down often so we remember, I have heaven to look forward to. My point on this earth is to glorify God in all that I do. And when I stand for the truth, I will be persecuted. But he tells us, great is your reward in heaven when that happens. So I think the very process, Susie, of you organizing them, if some of them have bought into that idea that are supposed to be rich and easy and wonderful, our life on earth here as a Christian, that is something that is not true. If they've bought into that, the more they stand against evil, they will learn very quickly. It's not turning out like that, and it's not supposed to. Um, God wants us to suffer because he wants us to be more like him. Jonathan says, I feel strongly that our side needs to organize. You are right, Jonathan. Our opponents might be small in number, but they're highly organized. There might be many of us, but we're almost completely disorganized, and that has been a problem. How can someone like me find other like-minded people in my area and connect with them? Well, some of the things I talked about before, I think Tea Party type groups, conservative groups, churches, of course, 
and trying to organize the good churches together where there's more impact there. I'm doing what I can on my own, one person at a time, but it seems incredibly slow and ineffective. Yet there might come a time when we have to decide who we're going to be in the trenches with. Yes, that's why you do want like-minded people around you, but it is not true what you're saying. Yes, it's slow sometimes to educate others and influence them in the right way, but it is not ineffective, like I said before. Every one person, if it took you a year, 12 months to wake up one friend where they go, oh my goodness, Jonathan, I didn't realize this was going on. You, that, that is very successful. The left is organized, but they've been doing this for 120 years, slowly grinding things down one person at a time. So don't be discouraged, keep moving forward, but work to gather like-minded people in your area to get a strategy together to have more influence. That's a great thing to do. The last question here might be one that a lot of you have thought and are concerned about, and um, it's really important and understandable. It's from Virginia. She says, Curtis, I just watched the funeral director video and I'm horrified. I've known about the camps being set up and no doubt they are all over the U.S. without much attention. Please tell me, how can we avoid going there? If they show up my door, how do I fight back? As Christians, how do we peacefully resist and yet fight for our lives? Thank you for all you do. We're fasting and praying with you on Fridays, and we're just so grateful for all God is doing through you. Well, thank you, Virginia. I'm so thankful you're doing that. Well, Virginia and everybody else, a couple key things here. One is don't get overwhelmed. I know a lot of you have kind of just come out of the tunnel. And what I mean by that is you've been living your life pretty focused on what you were doing and raising your family and running your business and doing those things so you didn't pull back and look at what's going on around me. And many people are starting to go, what's going on around me? So they're a little overwhelmed. When you first come out of that tunnel, all of a sudden the bright light and everything is, is overwhelming. Don't be overwhelmed. It's been going on for a long time and it's just getting to a more serious stage. But we've already been there and done that. Corey Ten Boom, who was uh, a lady that was saving Jews in World War II, and I encourage you to read her book, The Hiding Place. She was even in the midst of Nazi uh, occupation. She was hiding Jews and getting them out of the country so they wouldn't be exterminated. And she was doing all these things, but then was caught and went to one of the death camps and her sister died there. But it's her experience. And I want you to know, too, no matter how bad things get, God is still with us. We're never alone. We're never by ourselves. Yes, it is scary, but we want that fear to drive us to God who is God and who is in control over these things. And so don't be overwhelmed with the day-to-day. -day. When you're overwhelmed, give that to God. Say, God, you worry about that. Just help me to be faithful today. And so that means it'll help me be more faithful tomorrow and the next day. But be acting in all the different ways. When you see this coming, it is wise to go, we need to prepare. And I agree 100%, but we need to be sober-minded. One thing I want to do this week, start something new. And this is important for all of you, especially if you're 65 and over, but, but everybody. I think it's a great thing for your mind to keep it sharp and alert and active. But I'm going to give you one verse each week from now on.
to memorize. Yes, you, you need to write it down on a card and memorize it. It will help you grow. It will help you have things to focus on in your mind. What if you end up in the prison camp? Do you have God's word hid in your heart? Do you have verses you can hold on to and remember? You better, because we need that kind of thing. But Matthew 5, 16, here's the verse. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's what we're here for, to shine that light. And the darker it gets, the brighter the light is, and the more attacked they'll be against the light. But it's about Him, not us. We can't forget that. When you're shining your light, it's His light of truth that you're shining. So don't be discouraged. Don't give up. Don't wait. keep being faithful one day at a time. It is so well worth it. I appreciate you. I'm thankful for you. There's a lot of good videos and things below and action items. Make sure you're doing those things and praying for the things we can be praying about diligently, especially on Fasting Fridays. But do that and let, let's see if God will part the Red Sea once again. He can and we just need to be faithful in the meantime. But I appreciate you watching so much. Thank you for all you do. And until next week, God bless you.